Thanks, Gabe uh, and team. Let me, let me start by, by praying. God, I, uh, I thank you for time to preach in this capacity. Um, Father, to be able to speak into a home, to be able to speak into a living room, to be able to speak into a coffee shop, to be able to speak to people on a beach. Father, to be able to speak to people in a whole variety of venues from one venue. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for how you move and how you can move in the most crazy and, and, and unreal circumstances. Um, you are still moving, you are still God, and you are still on the throne, and you still invite us to the throne. In your name, Jesus, amen. What does the average week look like for you? <laughs> What's average? <laughs> it's 2020. There is no more such thing as an average week. For many of us, we, <laughs> we have all the time in the world now. And yet, when we go to bed at night, we feel like, where has the time gone? And we feel like we don't have any time. We're struggling because my, I, I started 2020 and, and my job was mission critical. And now I'm going through this emotional roller coaster where I feel guilty for even having a job at this point. Or I'm just thankful for having a job. So for some, it's, it's I, I, I feel bad I, for health reasons. I can't see my family. But for others, it's and or, it's a combination I see the same people for a literal 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I don't want to admit it. I feel guilty admitting it, but I kind of just need a break. For me as a parent, in a, in a seven-day time period, this literally happened for me. I started off on day one. My kids are going back to school full-fledged. They're going back. Two days later, Virtual only, and then a few days after that, now it's a hybrid model. An average week, what's average going to look like when they go back to school? All this free time has me wondering, where is my money going? <laughs> my bank account is, is worse off than it was, yet with the stimulus, with unemployment, with whatever it might be, I'm actually doing better than I was and, and yet I have nothing to show for it. 2020, I walked into 2020 with all of these expectations, all these plans. I, I had the big move, the promotion, the next job, the wedding, the graduation. And now I'm mourning unmet expectations. All while struggling with that there's no certainty for the future. Can you relate to anything I just said? <laughs> Have I hit a nerve? And yet I haven't even mentioned the mission of the church. I haven't even mentioned things necessarily even related to the, to the Christian faith. How am I supposed to attack the mission of the church? The, the grilling and chilling as we've named this series to, to invite people to my home to be, to be on mission in everyday aspects of life when I don't even know how to handle life. What would it look like to have a set of values, a, a mission that, that, we were, that we could funnel all the uncertainties of life, we could funnel it through a mission and, and a set of values, and we could funnel it through there to bring us to a place of certainty? What would it look like to live in that place? 
Luke speaks to this with an experience that he captures between Jesus and some siblings. It, it says this as we pick up in Luke. He says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened specifically to what? Listen to his teaching. In other texts, or, or, or really kind of what we can gather from this is, is, is this is kind of an unannounced visit. Jesus is traveling around. He pops into a town uh, to some friends, some people that he's familiar with. He knows them. He pops into Martha's house. She's the, she's the woman of the house. This means that in that culture, Martha's successful. She's risen above. A woman owning a house in that day and age? That's unheard of. So, so the assumption here would be, well, she's probably a type A personality. She's probably a list maker. She's probably responsible. She's probably intense. She's successful. Her hippie sister, on the other hand, <laughs> her hippie sister, she goes to the feet of Jesus to listen to what? His teaching. He enters Martha's house to come to a table much like this, maybe much like, I don't know, whatever. Comes to a table to teach. And Mary goes to the feet of Jesus to listen. She's attentive. She's she's. She's, she's an active listener. She's a disciple for all the disciples. That, that's what a disciple would do. Two different personalities. It sets the scene for conflict among these two siblings. Growing up in my house, I, my, I'm the oldest child, and my, my younger brother uh, is, the, is the middle child, Jonathan. And in high school, I, I was two grades above him, and so my, 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 uh, I got my, my license in my sophomore year, but my junior year and my freshman year, or my junior and senior year, I drove my brother to school. It was a nightmare. It was a, because we had different personalities. Different personalities were, were for me, if you're on time, when you're five minutes early, you bring your notebook out, you're in class, you're ready to go when the bell rings. For my brother, if you're walking into school when the bell rings, you're on time. And so for me, as he's eating his Cheerios, I'm honking my horn, we've got to go. That's my personality. We have different personalities. When we were working, for me, it was, yeah, every, earn every yard, bus grind, go, work hard, do it, do what needs to be done for my brother. I, I, I would crush it in the construction, uh, as, a, as a construction laborer on our summer construction job, my brother. <laughs> he swept the same attic 45,000 times over the summer. Why? Because... He positioned himself to hear when people were walking up the stairs, stairs so he could act like he was sweeping. And guess what? Where I busted my butt and he swept one addict. We had the same paycheck <laughs> at the end of the week. Different personalities set up fun little conflicts. We joke about it now. And at the end of family vacation that I just got off of, even though we had different personalities, different ways of handling things. It was my grandfather had looked at the family with tears in his eyes and said, when we said, like, hey, what are we most thankful for after the end of the week? He, he looks at the family and says, I'm just thankful to have grandkids that are serving the Lord and their families are serving the Lord. Different personalities can serve, still serve Jesus, but here these different personalities lead to some, some conflict. 2020 has, has had its, its unexpected turns. Jesus seems to be popping in and, and we're like, Jesus, what are, what are you doing 
How are we handling 2020? How are we handling the, the unexpected, the turns, the, the pop-in visits? Five months into pandemic. So now we have enough time to ask this very fair, reflective question. How are you handling the unexpected? Has it put you on mission or taken you off mission? And now there's a question brewing in the text that we're looking at this morning. How do you handle people who handle things differently than you do? Here's how our text continues. But, but Martha, Martha was what? There's a key word right there. Martha was distracted with what much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her to help me. In the hustle, and the bustle, Jesus and his buddies pop on in the scene. Now, there's, now it goes from a sister, and, and two sisters in a house, to now a whole a room full of people. Mary goes to the feet of Jesus to do what? Hear his teaching. Jesus is teaching. He's not, he's not just talking to talk. He's teaching. We always say, oh man, what it would it have been like to hear Jesus, to walk with Jesus? Mary was. And she went to the feet of Jesus. What does Martha do? Martha is the key word, distracted, which would literally means dragged away. She's jealous. She wants to be here, but she feels compelled to do, do, do. She's successful. She's doing what has made her successful. Work hard. Sometimes what makes us successful brings us to a dark place. And she's so bold. Where Mary might be at the feet of Jesus, as Jesus is teaching, as Jesus is, is developing something, as, Je as Je if Jesus was in your living room right now teaching you, Martha comes to Jesus in the middle of teaching, interrupts him with a hand on her hip and a rag in her hand and says, Jesus, pay attention to me. Jesus, talk to her. Get her off, off her butt. Get my hippie sister back to serving and doing. She comes to Jesus. She interrupts Jesus. And, and the interruption almost is as if to say, Jesus, I'm accusing you of not caring. Jesus, do you see me? Do you see my efforts? Do you see her laziness? Jesus, be active. Rebuke her. Come at her for her, her laziness and her selfishness. You, you have a sibling, or, or you have kids, or, or you would just even know this situation where, where one sibling does something and the other sibling just kind of is like, oh my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> we had that uh, on Sunday morning. I got back from vacation on Saturday, and uh, Sunday morning, about 25 minutes before church, uh, we were watching it online together as a family, and uh, I'm like, kids, go brush your teeth. We're going to watch church together. Uh, and so everybody, everybody run, all three kids run upstairs. Uh, my boys come down, and uh, they're getting ready to watch church on the TV and whatnot, and uh, Reagan comes down one minute before church. Like, literally, like, the church is about to go on. The countdown's on. It's about to go on. And I'm like, oh, did you, did you brush your teeth? 25 minutes earlier, I asked her to brush her teeth. And she looks at me, my five-year-old daughter, the princess of the family, and her sweet little voice says, says, Daddy, I just, I just love church so much, I didn't want to be late to church. 
Like, I know, like, when she's 16, I'm screwed. But, but she, she, had the, she had the guts to say that. And I look at her type A personality brother who just rolls her eyes and be like, she's trying to work you over. And I'm like, I know she's trying to work me over. I'm like, no, go back and brush your teeth. It's that scenario where the type A is like, well, you should have done this. The type A is like, well, this is how it should go. And there's that rolling of the eyes. Martha is coming to Mary, and, and she's kind of rolling her eyes and saying, here we go again. But this time, she's wrong. This time, this is, this is not going to play out like, she's, like, she, like she wants it to play out. See, see if you were, if you were if Reagan or if somebody else were, were to say something of, of that level of immaturity, to interrupt Jesus, you, you would have to ask the question eventually, how's your time with Jesus? How do you not value this? See, see, when you and I, if we bring our confidence, if we bring the chaos that we have in life, if we bring it to somebody who's spiritually mature and they hear how we are handling a situation or they hear what we view as chaos, of, you, you talk to a spiritually mature person and one of the first questions that you're going to get from them is how's your time with Jesus? They're not trying to be a Jesus freak. They're not trying to be a Jesus hippie. They're asking a very real question. You don't seem to be handling life well. You don't seem to have the right perspective. How's your time with Jesus? Why? Because time with Jesus has a way of putting things into perspective. So have you been wondering how to even handle life right now? Are you wondering if you can even handle life at this point? Uh, what is your is your struggle like? I don't even know how to. Uh, do I don't. I, I I have this perspective, but it's not the right perspective. I'm angry over here. I'm angry over here. I'm angry over here. I'm angry. How's your time with Jesus? Are you working, 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 or do you find yourself at the feet of Jesus? The the text. For us, concludes, but goes on and says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, gentle rebuke there. You are anxious, ooh, catch that word, anxious, and troubled about many things, but one thing, one thing, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. This double, this double, Mary, Martha, Martha, this gentle re rebuke, he criticizes her, not for, not for the actual work that she's doing, just the mere fact that she's doing it, her focus, her concern, her priorities, and she looks at it, Jesus looks at it, and calls it what? Worry. Anxiety. Do you feel worried? Do you feel anxious? Well, Jesus is looking at her and saying, I see that you care, but you know what? You care too much. And in this regard, you care about the wrong thing. She frets but she's missing Jesus. See, everybody else in the house is at the feet of Jesus. He's teaching. They don't want to miss the teaching of Jesus. But Martha, she's behind the scenes, doing, 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 doing. She's the one missing out. Doing, doing, doing was more of our priority than being, being, being. And so Jesus boils it down to one thing and all the chaos of the scene that Martha is creating, he boils it down to one thing. Him. Martha. 
come to the table and enjoy me. Your sister will not be rebuked. She has chosen what is necessary. She has chosen what is most important. She made a choice, and it was the right choice. It will not be taken away from her. There's a time to clean. There's a time for your sister to join in, but it's not now. I'm here. I'm teaching. She's enjoying me. You should as well. Mary, in the whole text, doesn't say a word. But her actions speak her priorities. Her actions speak what is of greatest importance, and that is being at the feet of Jesus. Monday morning, as I was typing up this sermon, as, as I was working on this and putting this very section together, the illustration for this section was before me. Why? Because I sat on my couch thinking about Martha, thinking about Mary, thinking about how I am a Martha. And my wife was across the room at her computer working. And it hit me in that moment that her words speak so loudly. I mean, um, her actions speak so loudly. That in that moment, at that point, we probably, it was, I don't know, it was 5 a.m. in the morning, but, and we probably hadn't said a word to each other, but I, I could tell you what her priorities were because she had already spent time with Jesus. She woke up probably about 4.15 a.m. And, and spent time with Jesus. The first thing she did was got, got into God's word. Coffee made, got her coffee, and spent time with Jesus. And, uh, and I, I know she spent time praying. I saw it, and I, and I witnessed it. And then by the time that her and I both had our own personal time with Jesus, I'm sitting there working on the sermon. I'm looking across, and she's, and she's working on reports for her job, all because when the kids wake up, chaos awakes. And, uh, and so she, she spends that time focused on work uh, after having time with Jesus. So I can tell you, my wife is very, very hardworking. She has a very Martha nature in her. She also has anxiety and whatnot. Sometimes she can create her own chaos. But what helps her is that she goes to the feet of Jesus to start her day. I see it. Without Ava ever using a word, I can look at her actions and say that she's a combination of Mary and Martha with how she prioritizes her life. How often do we miss out on sitting at the feet of Jesus because we are so busy? This is, busyness is something that kills our eternal joy. Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. But we don't feel like we're living a full life because we're so busy. We think busyness leads to fullness. But no, fullness is being with Jesus and experience the joy of Jesus here and now. That's why we value as a church simplicity. It's one of our core values. Why? Because when we, when we were establishing this church, we looked outside the world and we said, everybody's living such a complicated life. Complicated sports, complicated families, complicated jobs. That As we all were like, life feels so complicated. Let it be complicated out there. But in the church, may we not add just another complicated thing to people's lives. Let's create a church that thrives in simplicity. In our simplicity, let's point people to Jesus and not making things so stinking complicated. Because complicated things typically aren't healthy things. Complicated things typically are unhealthy. We value simplicity. So the moms... Moms, think about this. Think about this for a second. When you fly, remember flying a plane? That was fun. Uh, when we used to fly, uh, you, 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 hear it every, you hear every single time, if the mask comes down and you're with a child, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to put the mask on 
Your child? No, you're supposed to put the mask on yourself. They say it every time. Why? Because your instinct is to put it on your child and then yourself. But they say it every single time. Why? So we would go against our instinct. So we go against our instinct and put a mask on our house. Why? Because the premise is, you're no good to your child if you're dead. Take care of yourself first in this regards, under these circumstances, and then take care of your child. A spiritually dead Jew, mom, is not as much of a benefit to your family. Take care of yourself. Invest into your spiritual self. Husbands, life is complicated for us all. Give your wife space. Make room for her to spend time with Jesus. Value her time with Jesus as you might value your time with Jesus. And if you're sitting there like, I don't have a spouse. I don't have kids. What you talking about? Well, let me... For many of you, you're saying, yeah, I'll be the right person when the right person comes along. No. Value being the right person now to attract the right person. You know what that means? Have the right priorities where you prioritize time with Jesus now, not just when the Christian girl, the Christian boy comes along. Prioritize being with Jesus now. Protect your time with Jesus. I think this whole text, this whole text boils down to this, this one main thought for this, for this online experience. Simplicity is a matter of priorities. We know Martha's priorities, be it, be it her words, be it how she actions, we, or what she did. We know Mary's priorities because when in the midst of chaos, in the midst of an unexpected visit, what does she do? She comes to the feet of Jesus. Life in 2020 is unexpected. It's taking turn, turn, turn. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't even know what this afternoon will bring. We don't know what the next moment, nothing is at this point known. And so we must remember, simplicity is the best policy. Mary made a choice. I won't help you with the busy work. I'm going to the feet of Jesus. Setting a time, setting aside time to be with Jesus, to, to wake up, have your coffee, spend time with Jesus. It's a choice that must be made. It's, it's a choice that, that, that other choices have to be made to say, no, I'm, not, I'm going to choose not to involve myself over here so that I can involve myself around a table with a cup of coffee or whatever it might be and spend time with Jesus. There's going to be pressures every single day in the midst of all the chaos, all the unexpected. There's going to be pressures to not take time to read this book. To be with Jesus in prayer. To listen. And so here's what you and I, in 2020 especially, need to master. We need to master how to say a very beautiful word. No. Master it. Say it kindly. Say it politely. Say it respectfully. But say no. Saying no to the right things will open yourself up to the right things. The right things to say yes to. Saying no over here. It's not no, 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 so I can sit back. I'll do my nails. I'll do this. I'll do that. Saying no to the, wrong, saying no to the right things will open up a yes to the right thing. Saying no to all of this will say, will open yourself up to a yes to God. It frees you up to say yes to God. For so many of us, we're not able, we're not open to say yes in our budget to Jesus. We're not open to say yes in our schedule to Jesus. We're not open to say yes to time with Jesus in the morning. We're not open. Why? Because we've said yes to yes, 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 yes. And it results to a no, 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 no. 
So master the right no and where to say it. And so my challenge to you and I is this. Set it, then live it. Now this, this transparently, August of uh, 2017, so three years ago, I preached this exact same sermon. Were you there? Do you remember it? Okay, no, I'm okay. Well, okay, I'm preaching the exact same sermon on a series that we did on, uh, on our values. So this was the sermon I did for simplicity. I preached this uh, three years ago. And uh, the same exact text. And uh, this is the exact same challenge I made. The challenge, uh, I'll, I'll expound on it. Set it and then live it means that I want you guys right now to, to get with your family, get with your spouse as an individual journal, personal time with God. I want you to set a family or a personal mission statement. I want you to create values that would flow from that mission statement. And then I want you to funnel through the things of life, through the mission statement, through the values and it will help you make the right decisions based on your priorities. So that when the unexpected happens, you have something to funnel things through to know how to do it. So I made this challenge, and it's one of the most impactful challenges I've ever given to our church. Why? Because I took it, and it impacted me greatly. So in the links below, they're dropping a whole lot, in the comments below, they're dropping a whole bunch of links to help you make the mission statement, set the mission-based budget, the values-based budget, all those types of things. So check, there's a slew of links coming your way in the comments below. Check those out. Me and my family, we took this challenge three years ago. We sat together around our dining room table. We made up, the, we made up uh, this. Uh, this is our family, the Coash family. This is our mission statement. The Coash family is a family fueled by faith. Now, from that, we have five values that are going to flow from a, that mission statement. The Coash family is a family fueled by faith. We're going to value our family relationships. We're going to fi value financial stewardship. We're going to value friendships. Uh, we're going to value uh, fitness and fun. Faith fuels all five of those things for us. And so we looked at our budget. Here's, so this is what we did. Great on paper. Great in theory. But it only matters if you actually make some changes based off of those things. And so we looked at our budget and said, hey, we're paying, thing, we're paying for things that, according to this, we don't value, and we're not paying for things, according to this, that we, that we should value. And so we're like, our kids aren't involved as, 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 as many sports because we don't have the money for it, but we have money for this. And so we cut things out of our budget and said, we're going to value our kids being fit. We're going to value our kids being active. Uh, and so we got into sports, and, and we started, we put money aside for them to be into sports. It changed our schedule. It changed our budget. And because the Coash family is going to be a family fueled by faith, it starts our day off. My wife and I start every single day in prayer and in God's word. As a family, we go, we get on our phones, and we go through a Bible reading plan. Even my kids on their tablets have the YouVersion app when we go through a family reading plan. Reagan watches something on Right Now Media that is of, of, of spiritual nature. Why? Because we start our days fueling ourselves with our faith. And then as decisions, as chaos comes through, through the rest of the day, we're going to funnel it through the values that we've set up as, as a family. Other things in life matter, but for us, we're saying, you know what? Like, this is what's going to matter most for us when we're going to be a family fueled by faith. The busyness of life, the chaos of life has a way of working Jesus out of life. <laughs> So 2020 has kicked us in the pants, taken us off mission. Maybe it's time to readjust. <laughs> Maybe it's time to reprioritize and then act accordingly. And so my challenge is to set it, then live it. Set your mission statement. Set your personal values. And then act accordingly. 
let it be reflected in your schedule. Let it be reflective in your budget. And may Jesus be the priority of it all. Come to the feet of Jesus. There's truly no better place to be. Let me pray one more time. God, I pray for our church as we take this challenge to think through a personal mission statement, to think through personal values, family values, family mission statement, but then to make true decisions based off of that. Father, I pray that you would impact every man, woman, and child that's listening right now as they live a priority-based life. Would you be the priority? When you drop in unexpectedly, would your feet be the place that we want to be? Father, as life has so much unexpected right now, Father, would we simply start our day at the feet of Jesus, soaking you in? Would we come to your throne every single day? Would we prioritize you to that end? We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.